Yeah, I uh, really kind of reassessed my action figure collection. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, during one move, uh, not the last move, the move before, I had a bunch of the Simpsons, uh, World of Simpsons figures. Yeah. Got rid of most of them. Gave most of them to Marcus Parks, who, uh, I don't know if you know him from the world of podcasting. He's, don't. He's in, a, well, he works at the Creek in the Cave. He does a okay. lot of like uh, comedy podcasts yeah, yeah. Uh, and produces a lot of stuff. So is he, probably, he probably works with Lisa Hanawalt on her? Yeah. Show? Yeah, okay. Um, but he, uh, yeah, but I got, gave them all to him and he was thrilled. I yeah. don't know. Maybe he's moved and gotten rid of them, uh, since then. But then I still had some left over and I was just like, uh, and then I made this, li- this latest move and I still had like 15 or 20 left. And I was just like, I was like, these are the ones I've considered essential for the last move and for the, the previous move and for this move. I was just like, this is bullshit. What give, am I doing me, with f- this? Give me five of them. What are, what are, yeah. Homer in, okay. uh, the radiation suit okay. within the, in the, you know, in the Springfield nuclear power yeah. plant. Uh, I had the whole the full set. Yeah, groundskeeper oh. Willie. I had Mayor Quimby in the yeah. diamond uh, the diamond Joe Quimby uh, mayoral uh, podium. Wow. Uh, Bart. I had um, just plain old Bart. Just plain old Bart. I had a like a Santa's little somebody something came with a Santa's little helper. Yeah. I'm sure that was also Bart. Um, boy, I'm trying to think of what else I had. I had a Barney, and uh, I never got a most tavern, which I really kind of regret. Actually, why would I regret it? I would have gotten rid of it. Yeah. I sold them all on eBay for like, you know, 40 bucks or something like that. I just was like, I was just happy to have them go to a, uh, somebody that wanted them and happy to get some, you know, I was, ha- I was happy to turn that money into something else like buying a, uh, like buying a record, like an expensive record cleaner yeah. or like a, you know, a Portuguese or uh, rather a Brazilian uh, new wave album that I just couldn't find anywhere else. Uh, you've been, you've been over the past couple of years, it seems like you've been selling a lot of stuff on eBay. Yes. Um, I periodically will tweet my auctions just yeah. because it's like, hey, it's the world's dumbest garage sale. Uh, and I do, and you know, sometimes it's effective, and sometimes it just doesn't, you know, go anywhere. Like I, but run. what 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 is the what is the impetus behind that? Is that just getting rid of stuff? Yeah, and it's like it's. I mean, some of the stuff should maybe just be thrown away. <laughs> some of the stuff I have actually, th- there's a part of me that like, if I can like sell five albums for five dollars and then get like a twenty dollar album plus yeah. shipping that I like that I actually really would value. Then I think that's worth it. For you're me. like consolidating almost. It sounds like yeah. You're, it's you're like trading up. Yeah, winnowing down. You know, getting rid of you know three Ray, Ray Conniff albums for one Firehose album, pretty much. Uh, that's so, is it really is. It, do any Firehose albums actually cost twenty bucks? Well, I did. I did buy uh, a sealed copy from Ohio, but it was ah. only it was the printing was two thousand eight uh, because there was a. Yeah. An SST sampler disc CD in there from 2008. I was just like, really? Do I really want to hear Greg Ginn's, Greg Ginn, Greg yeah. Ginn's Screw Radio? I, I, but you know what? I haven't thrown that disc away. Well, I'll throw it away when I get home. How how has how how has um, you, I, I do you feel like you you reached a point in your life where where your music taste just kind of codified? I mean, you're still buying Firehose records. Stagnated, yeah. yeah. In a sense, I mean, I think well with Firehose, the 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 reason I did that is because I had a dream. I have these dreams every five years or so, in which I am asked to play with a and not asked. I'm in a position where I have to play with a band. Uh, in order, it's been. Are uh, you filling in for D Boone? Uh, no, I, I'm filling in for. I'm, I think it's. Uh, in this case, it was it was uh, I was filling in for Ed Crawford, aka Ed from Ed from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was you were filling in for D Boone's filling, <laughs> yes. And I the song was understanding, and I was like, uh, and I'm from uh, the song from the album from Ohio, and I was just like, kind of like mystified by why I was having that dream, and like I was like sort of went back and started listening to the song, and I realized I had it on CD, but I don't really have a CD player hooked up to my stereo, so I I was like, I kind of want the the album anyway because it just you know. There's something I enjoy more about listening to records these days sure. than listening to than listening to music on my computer. So I found it for like a sealed copy for twenty bucks, and no regrets. I love it. Um, <laughs> Did you find the answer? No. The I mean, I guess it's like I I don't. I mean, I the I mean, it's possible that like you know I in the dream what happens. I mean, here's the, here are the bands that it's happened with in the past. Yeah. And again, it's every five years uh, or so. Uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion, okay. The Stooges, uh-huh. and Firehose. And right. uh, I guess one interpretation. I talked to I talked to my therapist about this. He was like, uh, "I I don't talk to him about my dreams very much because I never remember them." But I was just like trying to 
wrap my head around this one, and I was just like, and he was like, late period blues explosion, <laughs> plastic fang era. Um, are you sure this was uh, not just the uh, was this John Spencer blues explosion, or just when they <laughs> went to blues, blues explosion? explosion yeah. Um. But he was like, you know, you're trying to – I mean, the whole idea is I get on stage and I can't really – I feel a lot of pressure and uh, there's a lot uh, working against me and I don't do great, but yeah. I managed to – even though I don't know how to play guitar, I managed to, like, fake my way through it. So that's, like, the whole thing. Like, well, you know, it's like maybe those are your, the expectations you feel like the world has on you and you don't know what you're doing and you sort of fake your way through it, which I'd say is a pretty accurate uh, yeah. assessment of my – about right. That yeah. seems like what I've done for most of my life. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah, and the song itself is you know not really, you know it's it's okay. It's a good song. It's a I, you know yeah I, I yeah I don't want to keep shitting on Firehose, but it just seems like such. I mean, it, it seems like such a strange choice. It does. It, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think I'm pretty sure. You know, I, I've listened to the song like probably like twenty times in the course of like trying to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the whole idea is like you know. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't figure out if it's like. I mean, the thing is, like, I never really paid attention to all of the lyrics, so I didn't know it that well. But I guess it's like maybe if, am I trying? Like, is it like? So that's the thing. Is like I couldn't figure out if it's like am I trying to find understanding or am I trying to find understanding from people? Or f- I mean, yeah. maybe I'm trying to find understanding from people because you know the idea is if I mean if if. Uh, the dream, in fact, reflects like the world's expe- the expectations of me. Then I'm looking for understanding from the world at large. Could be. I mean, well, I don't know. Here's something that your therapist probably didn't give you. I mean, depending on how d- deep his knowledge is of, he's you know, post punk music. I, I he you know talk talk about big big expectations, big big shoes to fill. I mean, Firehose is probably the, one of the ultimate examples of that. Yeah. Short of being you know the the Filipino kid in Journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's funny too because, like, I, yeah, I mean, when I was uh, when I was filling in, I was playing bass for the the Stooges, and that was yeah. not that's not a big deal. I mean, although Mike, again, there's a Mike Watt thread because yeah. I, I guess at that point I yeah, would have been true. filling in for yeah. Mike Watt. Uh, but yeah, I I'm no I'm no D Boone. I'm no I'm no Ed from Ohio. I'm just a, I'm just a kid from Wisconsin, a bald kid from Wisconsin, a bald 43 year old kid from Wisconsin. <laughs> Can't play the bass. Who can't play the bass? I own a bass, but yeah. I haven't. Can't play it. Um, let me let me know if this is is too personal of a question, but I, I'm I'm curious as to why you didn't make the move to Chicago. Um, so you're talking about like the when the Onion announced yeah. they were that was a really joyous period. Yeah. Um, here's what happened. I mean, here's this. I'm trying to figure out the, like, I'm going to add to this as honestly and diplomatically mm-hmm. as I can. And my answer would be that I, number one, uh, we were being asked to do more. We'd been asked to do more work. I mean, they were sort of, there was sort no. of a, I'm assuming like there was a fire, a panicked mode going on. And like, we were being asked to do more work and there wasn't like a whole lot of incentivization going on. Um, and the exigence, while on one hand the idea of everybody being under one roof has great advantages, mm-hmm. it seems like the place to do that if you're doing comedy writing and video production and advertising and advertising and everything is yeah. New York and not Chicago. And yeah. so it just didn't seem like it seemed like it didn't seem like a very to me it just didn't seem like a very great move um and i'm not a business person and so i don't know and but they're still publishing sure. although they just fit you know they just event i mean it was inevitability they they folded the last of their uh print publications huh. which kind of made me sad but yeah um funny i was talking to dan Friel about that sure. yesterday and he said that uh dan you know dan Friel is from parts and labor and is a musician and former receptionist of the form, onion. former office manager of the onion <laughs> and sorry, I apologize dan <laughs> yeah hey uh former office manager and he uh would have to like go around and check on the boxes the distribution boxes and he, i wore unless there was an intern working <laughs> for him that quarter in which and, case the intern would look at the boxes yes and uh which, by the way, the, the uh, those animals at the West Forest stop. 
I mean, it, it's every, every weekend. It's piled on. I mean, that was but you you check the boxes, but also you would have to lift them up and move them a certain distance from the curb and they mm. were just the college kids would just come through and tear through those boxes yeah at least there was no shit in them uh, never got I any shit yeah that happened uh, on occasion i didn't ever mostly didn't have to deal with it but um yeah but when i told him when we told him that they ceased print publication yeah. he was like he's like as somebody who had to like look at those boxes and had to sort of take care of that i feel a little happy about yeah. that <laughs> so um so yeah, uh, and but uh, so I, I think ultimately it just like came down to me like, and I also you know I I had lived in was I had lived in Chicago before, and to me it wasn't really uh, it didn't seem like it was a challenge. It didn't seem like it was a new adventure. It didn't seem like it was. So I just you know I just said well I'll just take my chances you know I'll take my chances here in New York uh, and stay behind. So. And thus began a cascade of events. Uh, yeah, so. you know, from from uh, from where I stand, it does, it seems to be pretty. Seems to have worked out pretty well. It seems to have worked out well. We're you here know. in the Adult Swim offices. Yes, Adult Swim, uh, Adult Swim North. Yeah, uh, as they call it. Uh, we're in the Adult Swim, uh, you know, Adult Swim Digital, a.k.a. Very, Adult Swim North. Very messy conference room. Yeah. Is it? I guess it is messy. There's, there's, the, a, there's a there's a mostly eaten bag of giant marshmallows. I think that's hot sauce, right? Is that hot sauce right it's there? It's Frank's hot sauce, yeah. yes. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, some Botan uh, rice candies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a disarray of, of... There's a thing of unpopped popcorn and then... A popcorn popper. Popcorn and a popcorn popper. It needs to be cleaned. For yeah. sure. And then I'm pretty sure that down there is a vegetable oil for the popcorn popper. Yes. Okay. Probably shouldn't be left in the sun. Ninja sword. There you go. What's that? Ninja sword, katana blade. Uh, it's a it's a samurai sword. Samurai sword, and uh, it's broken. John Harris broke it. <laughs> he uh, he tried to unscrew it. Uh, it's funny because I was saying that I was I took a picture of of myself. I had a sleeveless Iron Maiden shirt uh-huh. and uh, and the samurai sword. And we have a green screen room with all these nice lighting, all the nice lighting. Uh, and so I just went into the green screen room and we shot me against the wall yeah. with the samurai sword and the sleeveless Iron Maiden shirt. Because I was like, you know, you've got one. You've got to, you know, you've got to take advantage you of the two. You had every piece of that puzzle. I know. And you then might as well put them together. And then somebody was like, is that going to be your OK Cupid profile? I'm like, <laughs> picture? I'm like, it is now. It is now, yeah. Um, I just feel, I feel like if you did that on a dating site, um, you, you couldn't half-ass it and have that, you know, amongst the pictures. That would have to be the lead picture, and you would have to tailor the entire profile around that. I did half-ass it, uh, you know, I... I think it's funny because, like, I actually, what before we get into that, what was on the green screen? We just did it in the black and the white wall. Actually, oh, okay. we didn't uh, we didn't add anything into the green screen. I should have, but yeah. uh, you know, it would have been great to have a, like a fireball or some explosions sure. behind me, or but, you something know, equally ridiculous as all the other pieces. Yeah, I still. I mean, my OK Cupid profile is still functional. Uh, I still have a green screen room. Maybe I can just do something else. Sure. Uh, you know, get some more. Uh, get some more. I don't know. It's. We'll see. It's funny because that's like kind of like that kind of stuff. It, as far as the dating site is concerned, I look at that as a. Uh, I look at that as kind of like. It's kind of like garlic uh, to vampires. Is like it'll keep all the like something a picture like that. Like the right people will understand it, and everybody yeah. else will be like, you know, it's like ugh, who's sure. who's the who's the dirtbag with the Iron Maiden shirt and the samurai sword? But if you don't understand, you know. We probably have no business dating. Uh, so yeah, dating. Not a thumbs down to dating. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just settled in. You can't tell. You, you, uh, yeah. Well, no. I, you know, I mean, that's how I got there, though. That was oh. that was a road. What dating dating led to being in a relationship. That is true. I guess yeah. that's how it usually works, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, well, did you did you meet your your girlfriend on OKQ? Okay yeah, OKQ. Okay really? Yep. What? See? Nice. I, you know, I actually, uh, I, I'm moving in my office, and I just, I found the receipt from the first dinner. Wow. Nice little talk about holding on to, to <laughs> useless trinkets of, I, no, uh, of I no have, real world value. I have the Dwayne Reed receipt for my first box of rubbers I bought uh, for this. <laughs> Is that true? No, it's um, <laughs> perhaps I should have. I just uh, feel like I feel like. You, that would have been a thing that you might actually have. <laughs> it doesn't seem that uh, knowing what I know about you, that doesn't seem too far off. Your no, personality. I would have actually. Yeah, I would have either framed it or yeah, I would have probably framed it if I'd actually. But if you were it. like me, you probably bought them and just ran out of the store <laughs> as quickly as possible and hoped you didn't see anybody you knew there. It's a, maybe. <laughs> well, that's what drugstore.com is good for. Uh, 
the the brown brown paper box. I did actually go in with, to uh, Bodega with somebody, and we, you know, it was the first time I had ever done that. Is going with somebody that where we were clearly going to go somewhere and have sex, and we went into the bodega, and uh, and I was just like, and I was just like, ha! It's weird how we how like it's really weird right now how weird I don't feel about this. It's like, I don't like, I'm just like, yeah, well, whatever, you know, let him like, you know, we sort of like went yeah. over the selection. It's like, oh, let's get that one, you know? Um, but it was, I, I think the difference is, I think, I think the first time I bought condoms was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm going to immediately have sex. It was more of a, you right. know, just a, it was, wish, a, it was, you know, a it went in your wish box. Uh, yeah. yeah. Same with me. I bought up, I, you know, in high school, I bought some condoms from Jane Jurgensen from, uh, she that was, a, oh, that is a person. It is a person. Yeah. Uh, she worked at the Rexall pharmacy in, okay. She didn't just sell you like she was no. working at a, okay. She's working in a pharmacy yeah. and, uh, she was a, she was a classmate of mine. Yeah. And I told her, oh, See, this is just in case. incredibly awkward. It was, it was awkward, but I felt I would rather the thing is, like, I grew up in a town of 5,000 people, and everybody yeah. kind of knows everybody, and so I would rather have bought them from somebody sure. that I kind of know uh, rather than somebody who I kind of know's mother, I think was the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. That would yeah. So, and they, you know, they went unused. I don't know what happened to them. I don't even... I'm assuming they were Trojan brand because, you know, I didn't... Uh, I think that might have been all that was available at the time. Sure. They, at least, didn't, they didn't have animal skin at the time. <laughs> well, that and, uh, you know, that and party balloons. Those are my two <laughs> options. So, um, so I, I, I actually would like you to kind of clear up the, the whole Thing X Adult Swim process. Because, you know, I, 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 all of a sudden you were working on this top secret project. Right. It had a little bit of life of its own, and then all of a sudden, it was part of Adult Swim. Yes. Um, what happened was we, when it came out that we were, uh, the background is basically when it came out that we weren't going to, uh, that there was a lot of there were a lot of writers from the Onion that weren't going yeah. to go to Chicago. Then um, people from Adult Swim. Uh, Dave Willis from Adult Swim approached Mike Lazo, who's like the head of Adult Swim, and he was like, there's going to be a, a large writing pool available, you know, of, yeah. of like really seasoned comedy writers that know how to work together. They do funny stuff. You should really get them now. Um, we should do something with them. And so then they... Dave Willis is the, the Aqua Teen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, creator of, uh, co-creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and creator of Squid Billies and uh, creator of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. And he... Um, so, you know, we went out and met with Mike Lazo, and we were, uh, you know, meeting with uh, Paul Condolora as well, and they gave us basically, they are like, okay, well, we want you to set up this new website and, you know, do what you can. Uh, you know, set up a comedy website and make it, like, have it, give it a unique brand. And, you know, so we were working within our, you know, to create this thing called Thing X, and it was funny because the... But there, it sounds like there were no restraints other than make it funny and original. There weren't. They were like Which is they, amazing. They did not tell us what to do at all. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we were working on you know so we were running Thing X and that went for you know we probably went about four months and then uh, four or five months uh, we were live for four or five months and Mike Lazo kind of had a realization. He's like, well, you know, why are we paying for two websites? We're yeah. paying for AdultSwim.com and Thing X. Why don't we just like bring you guys into Adult Swim. And so we came into Adult Swim and he kind of took over all the, he took over the digital operations as well. And so, and so now, uh, so that's like thing X kind of folded. A lot of the content went away, which is sort of a bummer. And we are, you know, and so now we're, uh, just kind of like a content generating machine, which is like, Coming up with like, like just trying to come up with ideas and like like trying to come up with them, like for shows for just uh, jokes? For, for jokes in like minute you know for like short videos that'll go online and the, um, do, you, do you do the bumpers too? Uh, we don't do the bumpers. Do I mean, bumpers. I think we you know I think we would. They have people in Atlanta that they have bumper people. Yeah, and you know we have we're we have it's funny because we have there's Adult Swim's Twitter feed and then there's Adult Swim.com's Twitter feed. Uh-huh. There's uh. They also same with I think same with the Instagram. We have our own uh, Instagram feed, and you know we try to we try to 
maintain we don't try to maintain a unique identity we try to like just incorporate with you know with uh, adult swim and you know but we still at the same time are trying to like they're you know the adult swim uh digital media uh, or social media is mainly you know it's to promote the uh the on-air programming and so we have like our own branded you know i feel very weird saying our own branded uh social media but um yeah and so it's like basically so now we're i mean it's like it was kind of great it was like and it was like it was mixed actually you know we've there was a mixed feeling about that when we had your own thing yeah yeah i mean it's always hard to give up we had our own thing and we had uh a lot of leeway and i felt like we were starting to form like a unique identity within that and um so on the one hand it felt like we were sort of being punished uh but on the other hand, it felt like we were being entrusted with the, you know, with creating content for this new, uh, for their, for this very established website, actually. And so that's the thing. It's like, you know, on the, so it was like, on, at the end of the day, it was very, we were, it was a good thing. I mean, I would have loved, I would love to have, would have loved to have seen how uh, Thing X played out and how we, managed to make it grow and how we managed to make it uh you know i mean we were one of the downsides were like we're we were making a lot of original series uh for thing x that some of which were ported over to uh to adultsfilm.com live live action yeah yeah um you know we didn't have the animation budget we didn't have the animation capabilities uh but we did like you know we did one that's going to launch soon i don't know when this podcast is going to go up but probably uh, about a month or so yeah but it would have yeah. gone up by now it's called future manity uh with james urbaniac mm-hmm. and it's great because it's like you know in the very first episode james urbaniac is i mean james urbaniac hosts the entire run and he's got uh you know uh we had michael uh michael is it i'm gonna say dorf but it's michael dorn isn't it michael dorf yes michael dorn michael yeah dorn <laughs> michael dorf <laughs> Who plays yes. Worf, Worf on yeah. Star Trek: The Next Generation, doing voiceover? I'm like, like, uh, this is Future Manity with James Ur- Urbaniac, Urbaniac, James Urbaniac. It's just like, we just leave all the like. It's funny because like he's just getting the hang of it. Yeah. It's like, but it's really like they all did a fantastic job. In the very first episode, we have, uh, you know, uh, Eugene Merman playing God and John Benjamin playing John Benjamin. Trying to get Eugene Merman uh, as God to quit taking drugs, uh, so it's like a really fun. Like, I mean, it was a fun series to work on. It was like, and we're hoping it gets. You know, we're really hoping people check it out because it's like it's funny and it's really well done. Yeah. And like we shot, you know, we shot a lot of it on location at the Vanderbilt. We shot the intros and outros at the Vanderbilt Museum. We really like for a day. We packed a lot of stuff into that. I don't know how they managed to do all that stuff in a day. And then we did all kinds of like green screen stuff with James Urbaniak and some other um, performers here. We have a little green screen studio. So, um, as I mentioned earlier. So anyway, uh, so th- we did that. And we also did one called Space Miners, which was a uh, which was basically like, the premise was that we wanted to have a thing that was taking advantage we wanted to have something that was like just very small and self-contained and so what it was is was people who worked on a a on mining asteroids uh for the sassy girl glitter mining company mm-hmm. or gl- for the sassy girl uh, sassy girl glitter companies uh, basically they they would mine glitter for uh for makeup uh and earth's resources yes. have run out at that point so yeah they have yeah. to go and like uh, yeah. and so but it takes like they're so far it takes like four it takes something like th- like two to four years for like the <laughs> transmission to get home. So everything is like, sort of like based on these one-sided transmissions they're sending home. Like, you know, um, in one there's like a, a guy who's playing games with his son, but he's like, it's like, of course, like every move is like takes like 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 eight years to go. So he's like like packing in like seven games, and then he's like giving him father, trying to give him fatherly advice, stuff like that. It's like you know really. You know, just really like stuff where we were just trying to stick with a premise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now we're just sort of moving away from like the serious stuff. Like we might be able to do some 
series. I mean, we're just going to keep on generating ideas, and if something like really at this point, if like we're just going to generate ideas and like short videos, and if something really sticks with uh, uh, with with Mike Lazo, I mean, we hope that we can get some like some more series, uh, some more series made. So, yeah. Hey everybody, just a uh, quick break in the action to let you know that this episode of REYL is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code RIYL. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've, you know, I've been with uh, one one particular corporation for a couple of years now and it's mm-hmm. just a sort of... Um, you know, you, you just have to appreciate what freedom you get for a while, and just make the most out of that. Mm-hmm. Make the craziest, weirdest thing with those resources that you can. We made a lot of stuff for like not much money. It's amazing how much, how many videos we actually had tanked. I mean, we had like we had so many videos that were just like mm-hmm. they were banked. I mean, you can't. I, I was I generate. I gestured to our whiteboard. I was ask you what I'm happen- looking at. Um, so I've got a we've got the week layout right here. Right. And now we don't have like next week's layout up. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we have. It's funny because we have Future Manity up yeah. for this week, but that's actually going down to next week instead. Uh, yeah, but I see. But I see Kevin Allison. I see Rob Delaney. Looks like you got some good. Uh, we have good people you're working with. Well, we have like we do we do interviews okay. uh, just called uh, just called Think Talk where yeah. we have like you know we have. Interviewed people like we've interviewed everyone, like you know Kevin Allison and Rob Delaney and you know Julian Smolinski and Liz Winstead and you know Lux Alptrom from Fleshbot and all these people. Stoya, we interviewed her uh, uh, from pornography. Stoya, um, the and just like we wanted to get like a really good variety of people that would give good interviews, and so and we did. I mean. Kevin Allison's interview is fantastic. I, that actually hasn't gone up. We had to, we bumped it for, uh, for another thing, unfortunately, because we were going to try to yeah. put something else. But yeah, you know, uh, and then we also did the Born Ruffians from Canada. Sure, yeah. rock band. But yeah, they're a rock band. Yeah, that's about my the extent of my knowledge <laughs> of them. And well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, a Canadian rock band. They are a Canadian rock band, uh, and they're from Canada, and they play rock music. <laughs> well, they sound like a. They sound, they are a blast? Is that what the kids say? Sure. Um, there's a certain amount of kind of junket stuff that comes through, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's like, you know, you have to like try to get as much, you know, you want to get, you want to keep people happy and, you know, you can only use, there's only so many personal contacts that I have. I've yeah. used, I've exhausted pretty much all you of all my personal contacts. <laughs> yeah. All, I've exhausted all of my personal contacts trying to get uh, yeah. uh, interviews. But, but but you're still but you're still fairly autonomous from I mean you know f- uh, from from the programming side of things they just let you go ahead and make things for the site. Well, now we're a lot more like we're a lot more accountable. Now we're trying to like they're trying to make it a little bit more unified. So yeah. we uh, so I mean I think some of the stuff we were doing online was maybe just a little bit you know the, the Think Talk interviews for example were done uh, because they were cheap and easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a green screen. And we had a green screen, and uh, you know we could just, you know, we could just like interview a bunch of people, set like set up a lighting, you know, set up a lighting rig, and you know, we'd all generate like weird questions to yeah. ask them and try to throw people off. And you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. In fact, one of the questions uh, somebody asked is, uh, it wasn't even me that asked the question. Uh, uh, John Harris uh, asked the question. Uh, Joe Garden thinks you guys are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh-huh. Um, they're like, where is he? Where's Joe Garden? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I'm like, you know, I was like, Nick Gallo, who was actually the one presenting the questions, he was like, you should be in the room. I was like, I am not going to be in the room because I can't deal with that kind of like, I can't deal with that kind of uh, pressure. Like, not even pressure. You know, I can't deal with that kind of like, like if somebody is, I don't know, I just don't have it in me to like, I'm not a confrontational person, and yeah. if confronted, I will we'll be like, yeah, well, I'm the one who said that. No, listen, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, guys. I, you know, I tend to get very uh, – I like to please people, unfortunately. You're also, you're also, you know, I think one of one of the few people I, who I know in comedy who's um, 
who's never or rarely you know in front of the camera. I mean, is that is that is that by choice? I know you do some comedy stuff around town. I've done some. I mean, I did it like I did a series called uh, Tech Scoop uh, on. You know, I did a series called Tech Scoop, and it's like it was like a very. Uh, I was like, you know, it didn't run that like we only did like a couple episodes maybe like four episodes or something like that because it just like we thought it would just be a really simple thing to do where it's like a guy who reviews stuff uh but like he reviews tech stuff but he uses it all wrong like he doesn't use it for its uh, for its <laughs> stated purpose so one of the things we did is like we did the uh the uh Mike Lazo tablet invitational where we played ping pong with a an iPad and a Microsoft Surface <laughs> to see who won you basically did this just to piss people off on the internet. It sounds yeah, kind like of. to kind of rile people. If people listen, if people want, I, they should be. Hopefully, they're still uh, they're still online. So if you want to go check it out, uh, <laughs> just tech scoop. Um, the and then we also did like uh, we were. Uh, what was the last one we did? I don't know. Oh, is uh, the Google uh, the Google Chromecast? Yeah, which basically started with me. Um, you know, I was like saying, "How does it? How does it deal with this? You know, can it broadcast a, a frequency to reach artificial like alien intelligences?" Yeah. And we had like somebody dressed up as an alien. I am. Uh, he comes in, is like, "Madman is overrated." And then he like he leaves, and then at the end, I actually get abducted by real aliens, uh, and then have like my head shaved, uh, and start and like end the whole thing like sort of staring into space and like trailing off in mid sentence. So it's a weird. It just got like it got weirder and weirder, and. I think it would have been fun to to continue it. Um, we'll see if it. Well, hopefully, you know, we might get a chance to continue it, but we'll see. Did, did you do Did you do stand up at one point? I mean, you kind of went straight from the onion to the onion. <laughs> yes, um, I did a little stand up, but it's like it's it's a weird thing because I the one thing I just I can't really write jokes very well, like like straight. Here's a joke. Bada so bing. Delivered joke. on stage. Yeah, and so that was that was a problem number one. Problem number two is that I'm not. Uh, I always felt weird writing things like, like because of the onion background. I mean, and I, I mean, part of being a, a stand-up is you you work your material and you hone your material and you just keep on yeah. working it and honing it and you just like do the same jokes until you figure out how it works. But for me, I felt weird doing that i felt like that was cheating and even it's not cheating at all that's what you're supposed to do and so i just kept on writing new things every time i would have a uh every time i so it was sort of like weird telling the same jokes over and over again i yeah i I just didn't do that i just like would would write like it would always be like sort of like little stories and then i had some jokes that i would throw in there um yeah and then i just so i did you know i did some stand-up stuff but not really a whole bunch of it um I've talked with John Harris about co-hosting a show. He used to host a show called Cashmere, and then he's finally like, I just don't like that. I don't like to be on stage by myself. Yeah. Uh, so he and I, you know, we've talked about doing uh, one with the two of us, but you know, we'll see. It might happen. I, I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it's. I mean, actually, I, find, I think if I do it, I would know exactly where I want to do it, and that is the back room. There's a bar called the palace in greenpoint that mm. is it's on the corner of russell and nassau and it is it's basically like the greenpoint's original heavy metal bar uh but you know it's owned by this family there's like a there's sort of like a dining hall in the back of the bar and so it would be like in the dining hall area just like have people you've been thinking a lot about this i've been thinking a lot about it like yeah. i i've been thinking about like where to well i'm also doing a reading series uh, it will have happened by the time this this comes out but I was thinking about like where to do it, and I'm doing it at Union Hall because my friend Marianne books Union Hall, and we figured it would be a good match. Yeah. So, I, but barring that, I, I thought about doing it's a, the the reading series is actually. I'm just gonna say fan fiction, even though I hate to say that. Uh, it's a reading series of of, of fan fiction, <laughs> Oof, um, based on characters from John Hughes movies, but mm-hmm. as adults. Mm. So. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not a. The thing is, I'm not a John Hughes fan. Yeah. I'm not writing it. I'm not writing like a loving tribute. Like in my, like in my eyes, uh, Ferris Bueller is a 
fucking sociopath. And so that's kind of what the, that's the piece I wrote. I wrote a piece about how he was being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission uh-huh. uh, for his role in the subprime mortgage collapse. And that's, uh, you know, and so that's the piece I'm going to do. So anyway, that's, so I have thought about it. Uh, yeah. And I've thought about places to do it. And just like, you know, there's so many, but there's, you know, there's so many different shows in New York. It would be nice to have something that was different and something that was you know, entertaining. Also, a lot of them seem to be going. It seems like everybody's moved to Los Angeles these days. Anyway, yeah. a lot of the good comedy is, That's is gone. True. Um, <clears throat> it's. I mean, of course, it's like you know, there's there's that, but there's also. I mean, there's a whole new crop of of talent. Sure. That I you know I don't know who the new crop of talent is. There it's was hard a, to keep track of the. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture. I'm in a picture that uh, for the Creve and Cake Awards, Mindy Tucker. You know said oh you should come out and be in this picture we're going to take this picture of a lot of it's all these people in comedy and so i'm in this picture and i can name like one out of every <laughs> 10 people that are there it's like oh there's gene Prito. oh there's there's nick turner oh there's lyra smith oh there's and then it's like but the thing is like i was kind of in a mood that day and so this like this she did this amazing tracking shot like in front of the creek and cave like yeah 50 i think it might have been like 80 people and just sort of like going down she had this like wheeled cart and she was going down like snapping the pictures and then stitch them all together and i was just like and everybody's supposed to clump together in like groups of four or whatever and i realized that i was kind of in the back and i was going to be obscured so i was like you know what fuck it i didn't come here to be like in the back of anybody's picture and so i uh so like both, both because like a, I felt like an outsider in this group of comedians, and b, because I was just kind of in a dumpy mood, and c, because I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the goddamn picture. So I went all the way over to the end, and there was like, right at the end, I'm, there's a little puddle of water from a from an air conditioner, and so I just go and sit down. I think I've seen slumped. this picture actually. Now that you're describing, yeah, I mean, it. it's sort of sl- <laughs> I'm just sort of like slumped down and just yeah. like like sitting down in this puddle yeah. of water. And sad, sad clown Joe Garden. Sad clown Joe Garden. The crown, the clown who cried. Yeah. Um, but the great thing is, like Mindy Tucker, was, when she got to me, she started laughing. She's like, "That made it all worthwhile." She's yeah. like, "As soon as I saw that, I knew that this was going to be a good night." So, so yeah. If I if I can only make one person happy, that's what counts. <laughs> and I made Mindy it, Tucker happy. Even if night. it means sitting in a puddle of air conditioner fluid. Even if it means sitting in a puddle of air conditioner fluid, yeah. which is you know mostly clean water. It's sure. just a it's just a condensed it's a, old old water. No, it's just condensed. It's yeah. condensed from the air. Uh, it's almost drinkable. Probably <laughs> it's just as drinkable as New York tap water. It's so. Sitting on the ground. I will well, move on sitting on the, the ground. But <laughs> besides <laughs> that, I I I was I, I also wanted to get your take um, on you know the. The Onion definitely seems like one of those. It's it's you, you know like you know those great bands that have wrought a lot of really mediocre bands. Yes, <laughs> like any great band really when it comes right down to it. Um, and you know, obviously, obviously, the the, the Onion uh, did a lot to change. I mean, it predates the internet as we know it, but changed the way comedy is done online. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of these. There's a lot of these news sites, and this is this is something. And, preface this by saying that I'm not not speaking about BuzzFeed here but there there are a lot of comedy sites or sites I call them comedy sites that seem seem to exist for the sole purpose of people accidentally posting them to Facebook as real news yeah um, which seem, but and, and I don't want to lay the blame on the onion for this but it seems to have kind of come out of that this idea of doing um, really dry news mm-hmm. articles as comedy right and I think that's actually you know, the one thing that the Onion does better than those sites is they do it as they. I think they've got the journalistic voice, they've got the dryness down. I mean, other sites will go a little bit further, and they won't. You know, they won't quite nail the tone. But I think, but that, I think that's, but it's true. Like people realize it's like that. By and large, the jokes don't come from uh, the don't come from the jokes themselves they come from the way they're presented and so yeah. if you have a dry paragraph with a really great joke in the middle it's going to pop a lot better and it's going to seem a lot more realistic um and i think a lot of but the, it's funny because a lot of the fake websites are just like that that sort of do well one question we got asked at the onion a lot was like oh how do you feel when uh, somebody reprints uh, thinks your articles sure are are true it's and very popular tumblr yeah and this yeah the uh what is it called again? Um, can uh, anyway? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, the people who run that Tumblr <laughs> site. I do not typing. I'm no longer. Know. I'm no longer at the Onion, yeah. so you can 
please forgive me for not remembering the name of the site. But um, they, uh, but you know, the stock answer when it's like, oh, how do people feel about that? Yeah. I'm like, well, the stock answer is like, oh, we feel great. It's hilarious when people buy it because like we it means we're doing our job. But really, just made me feel bad because it's yeah. like, I mean, and that's at first it made me job, feel good. Really, your yeah, job the, isn't tricking people. No. Um, at first, it felt kind of funny. I was like, ah, look at this. And then after yeah. a while, I was just like, oh, this is just really speaks badly about people's ability to sort of discern what reality is and isn't and how people perceive, you know, how gullible people are and how willing they are to actually buy into mm-hmm. things. So that, like, so after a while, I was just like, oh, like somebody else would be like, you know, somebody else, oh, look, somebody else posted this to Facebook and it's causing a huge uproar. Oh, that's great. Oh, the another newspaper picked this up and ran it as real. That's fantastic. Um, you know, it's a weird, and but there's other websites now that do it and they're, they're sort of like a lot more shrill and reactionary and they're trying to sort of like, just sort of like, they'll just posit horrible, you know, horrible things like, oh, this person is a terrible racist and that's like, and the thing is like, uh, it's like, the, it's a thing you do, it's a thing you do as a, a kid, as a child where you say something terrible to somebody and then tell them that it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. It's the it's the internet newspaper version. You're stupid. Of that. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, it's exactly. just a joke. You can't take a joke. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> um, yeah, it is basically that. And it's funny because like in a lot of ways, like that the kind of stuff that appeals to it, like a lot of them will be like will be like sort of left, like liberal left, you know, leaning sites, and they'll have a, you know, and they'll post something that's like, oh, you know, you know. About uh, I I can't even think about like what I mean the thing yeah. is like I can't even like for some reason like I the thing is because I'm no longer like a news like I'm no longer forced to look at the news anymore I when I left the onion I just stopped looking at the news a lot yeah. like I just like I my my news is just like my news knowledge right now is just very casual you're probably like, a lot healthier because of that I imagine yeah you don't feel as like angry and you don't feel as like buffeted by yeah. you know forces you can't control uh, so. You know, I mean, so long as I vote in elections and maintain, you know, I'm able to keep educated about that. It's like, like, you know, the day-to-day, the day-to-day injustices in Syria just can't, like, I just don't have to, like, I don't have to. The genocide will go this. on without you. Don't the worry. The genocide don't will worry not you. like with or without me. <laughs> yeah. The genocide will go on. Um, but but it, it seemed like you 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 guys always had a really good idea as to what you know. I, I mean, you, I think you had, last time we did it, a formal interview. You talked about the the development of the voice and you know and how that important important that was and what and and I I think everybody has a very clear idea of what makes a good onion story over there. But and I'm wondering if it's if there has to be a little bit of not that it's something that that could happen i mean you know a lot of them are are kind of out there a little bit but you mm-hmm. know the, the 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 idea of there being truth in it i think the way it works best at the onion is if you have like it may not be it may be a completely ludicrous story and it may have uh you know no actual truth to it but there's a kernel like the idea the core of the idea is is there's a truth to the core of the idea like there is something that you yeah. can uh you can it's it's not two things just hammered together yeah. yeah there are truths that you can say while telling complete lies you know and it's and i think that was the key that's kind of the key to the success of the onion is that it's it's able like well it's it, since they moved to Chicago, there's been more of a mandate, it seems, to make more... I mean, we were trying to do some more topical reaction stuff, but not as much. And now there's a lot of topical... A lot, Everything is a lot more topical, a lot mm. more reactionary. And, you know, uh, originally the way The Onion was structured is everything would, was, was, would be on like a two-and-a-half-week yeah. waiting period pretty much and the print schedule probably played into that i imagine yes oh absolutely yeah. because we were a print publication we you know everything would be you know, we'd pitch the story brainstorm the story write the story second draft the story edit the story and by the time that process was done you know it'd be in the can then like a, it would be two and a half two and a half weeks basically from conception to uh conception to final uh edition um and that, but the thing is, like, because of that, we were sort of constrained, and we weren't really—you couldn't really make a commentary, a direct commentary on a, uh, 
like you couldn't make a direct commentary on a story because you know it wouldn't yeah. be out of date in two and a half. The news cycle would have moved on. So you know, there's, but that led to some really great uh, stories, like uh, you know, instead of writing about the Columbine shootings directly, it was uh, you know six months later it was Columbine jocks safely resume bullying <laughs> things like that. Things you know that you could just like sort of talk about some of the problems and some of the you know you can talk about the issues without having to get into the 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 real and you've got that situation that too soon buffer built into the print process right i mean just by necessity it wouldn't be too soon yeah um and i think it's like you know i think it's a savvy business decision to make everything more topical and it definitely increases the the hits and you know the shareability goes to the roof um and there's, I mean, there's still plenty of good jokes. But there's there. still a lot of, I mean, the yeah. jokes, the articles are still w- written great. The jokes are good, um, and the yeah, the jokes are fantastic, and the writing is wonderful. Um, it's just one of those things where I just yeah. feel like it's it, by doing that, eventually you just hit a, po- a period of diminishing returns, and you don't get the same yeah. effect as you would have like by, you know, if you pick up an onion from you know, 2000, uh, 1999 or 2004, you can look at it and you can say, oh, this is really funny. This is like this, some of the, a lot of this still rings true, mm-hmm. but you know, in 10 years, will people look at, uh, an, an issue? Who, who Ted Cruz is and yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, exactly. hopefully people will be trying to figure out who Ted Cruz is 10 years from now. I'm still not sure who Ted Cruz is. Thank God. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Are, are, have, have you, um, I mean, have you, f- have you found that here at at, at the site the site specifically at adultswim.com? I mean, you know, again, coming from this place that had such a well established idea of what it was and what it wanted to be, um, you know, I, the, the, I, I, if there's an issue here, it would be that there's this very clear television network or mm-hmm. you know sub network whatever they call it and then there's this site where they're trying to build out this site as this almost this this separate entity have you been here long enough um has has a thing x team been here long enough that they've been able to build that we've been able to i mean we've been able to actually make things on uh, for the website that have actually been really uh that have been really good and like really high quality stuff like uh uh there's one we do with Kelly Hudson. She came. She's an editor uh, for Onion News Network, and she then afterwards she came from. Uh, she was a college humor for a while, and now she does. A, she did a show called or does a show called Trash Heap, which is sort of like a fake entertainment uh, series, and it's just like she's the host, and every week, every time she does it, there's a new sort of theme she's on. It's like baby, you know. It's sort of like celebrity baby, like post baby bodies. You got rid of the baby. Let's see the body. Why is it? Why are you looking so flabby? And just like really, because it's kind of that shrill, horrible, uh, like entertainment. Doesn't sound like parody like, at all. That just sounds like kind of right, right on the nose. I mean, maybe it was a little bit, uh, <laughs> maybe it was a little bit too on the nose. But it's a, uh, you know, but it's a funny, you know. But it's really, you know. I think we managed. Yeah, we have. I think we managed to like to. Carve, you know. I think we've managed to carve our own uh, yeah. thing, and we've actually managed to integrate well and everything. I think you know everybody's, you know. I think we're all really happy with the way things are going, and it's you know. I think you know. I don't know. Nobody like nobody has uh, so far. Nobody's canceled my paycheck, so that's <laughs> the. I think that's so far as I'm concerned. That is a bona fide success story. I mean, it it, se- it seems like the ideal place to be to to be in a place with resources where they just kind of let you go yeah well on top of that the other advantage is that we don't like we have resources but we're not expensive like by like in compared to like compared to other uh you know compared to other uh you know production companies and other web production uh you know we are inexpensive we have a small we have a pretty lean staff overall there's five writers Mm -hmm. uh creative director and editor you know sort of an editor managing editor editorial assistant uh and some you know a post a small post-production team uh and we so we're able to do stuff pretty quickly and pretty cheaply and we're we can just try stuff out and if it works that's great and if it doesn't work then you know, we can just move on to the next thing. So it's the beauty of the internet, yay! And, and how? Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, I think it's like, you know, 
it's a really it's really interesting because like we've been entrusted you know i remember when i when the first time i saw adult swim was like i was waiting for adult swim to happen i knew it was going to be on the air uh i was a huge space ghost coast to coast fan and i really wanted to so i was there watching uh i was watching the very first night of programming uh on a sunday night and it was like you know i think it was home movies uh Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Brack Show, Sea Lab, and gee, what was the other one? Uh, oh, probably would have been Space Ghost. Um, so you know, just watching that, and I remember just thinking, like, this is they—they they did it. They somehow yeah. they cracked the code for this insane humor that's like it's kind of referential, but not really, and it's like it's really funny and it's like absurdist and smart at the same time and it's just like this great you know and so it's like to be working for that company that just like blew me away uh and still blows me away it's just like it's kind of amazing and i'm really you know i'm really happy to be part of that it's kind of i'm still a little bit like it can be a little bit intimidating in fact to go Mm -hmm. down to atlanta and be like oh there's like i don't want to like it's like you know we're all on the same team, but at the same time, just like you guys are just doing something so important, I can't. I don't belong here. So you know, I'm sure that'll go away. You know, I'm sure I'll be jaded and bitter in about another six months. So there you go. That was uh, this is my old buddy uh, Joe Garden. Uh, should should mention Joe's actually one of the people I've known for the longest in New York City. Uh, one of the first things I ever did after moving here was uh, get an internship with the Onion, and Joe was working there. So uh, we thankfully have been in touch over the years, and he's um, very, very kindly appeared on pretty much every podcast I've ever done, which is numbering into, I think, the three to four dozens at this point. Uh, Joe's over at uh, Adult Swim right now doing some some great stuff over there. Uh, he's, he's Joe Garden on Twitter. I want to... I just I want to say that I was one of the earliest Joe Garden proponents on Twitter. Um, I'm not really, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but you know I, I really kind of I, I got in on that one on the ground floor. Uh, that was back when he was doing um, uh, analog tweets, which sadly are no longer a thing because uh, sending out 800 postcards apparently was. Uh, you know, if the fair amount of work when you actually have a, a real job to go back to. So thank you, uh, thanks so much to Joe for taking the time. Um, as always, uh, uh, I'm sure I'll have another podcast in the very near future that you you, you can appear on. Um, thanks, uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing this thing together. Thanks to Mark and everybody else at Boing Boing, the Boing Boing Podcast Network, for hosting this thing up. Uh, so many great podcasts over there for you to check out um, you can go find it over on iTunes you can just go to, to Boing Boing it's pretty easy to locate all that information um, thanks to you for for listening if you liked what you heard send us an email it's riwildcast at gmail.com uh, I've got a I've got a Tumblr now. You can follow us over there. It's riwellcast.tumblr.com. Um, rate, rate us on iTunes. So many different social ways to to get a hold of us. Um, lots more, lots more good episodes of RIWell coming up. Um, in fact, got another one coming next week, just for you, for free. Thanks to Squarespace, and uh, thanks to you for listening. <laughs>